happy Monday to you as we record this on the 18th of December 2023. This is Generation Tech, where two different generations talk tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined by my dad, Jack. How are you today? I'm doing great. Happy, How are you? Happy Monday to you. Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. yeah. Hard to believe Christmas is a week from today. Right around the corner. Yeah. So... Most of the ladies are busy, but not not me. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter's over now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Talked to her already this morning. So we've got um, a, a little bit of news, and then a whole bunch of different things that are maybe suggestions for for uh, purchases and tech type stuff this year. I will say a little bit about you know this time of year. I think it's appropriate, but it's a little irritating that a lot of news sources now have articles interspersed within the news that are all just advertisements with a link yeah. so that you can then you know click on the link and they'll get some money when you buy something because they told you how wonderful it is and it sort of undermines their um their uh value right and yet here we are we're going to do basically the same thing although we don't have any links we're not making any money off of you so if we recommend it you can trust that that we actually believe it <laughs> <laughs> or we think it's a good idea. I mean, you know, we don't have. Uh, that's true. It's not like I went and bought things. all these things, you know. I mean, one of the things in this, uh, one of these articles that you found from Engadget was a, uh, uh, Tamaguchi Uni, uh, like watch type, uh, Tamaguchi things. So you can take care of your virtual pet on your wrist. And I yeah. have absolutely no interest in that. But I remember when they became a really big thing when my daughters were younger and they both had little, uh, oh, Tamagotchi's, uh, well, I say Tamaguchi's, Tamagotchi's, um, you know, on that they, where they had like a, they both had virtual cats and you had to name your cat and, and, and you'd have to feed it every once in a while. If you didn't, then it got angry and then it would, it, it, you could kill your virtual pet and then you'd have to like go through this reset process to start it over. Well, at least you've heard of Tamaguchi. This is the first mm. time I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been around for a couple decades or more, you know, the, the concept of this little virtual pet that you take care of. And it's like, you know, I enjoy taking care of a pet, but that's not the reason you have the pet. You know, I don't have the pet to clean up their poo and to feed them. I have the pet for all the joy they bring me. Besides that, I put up with the fact that I have to feed them and take care of them and, you know, and, and clean up their poo. And, um, and, and so you, from with a Tamagotchi, you get all the negatives and none of the positives, you know? I mean, uh-huh. I, I guess you sort of get the positives. I mean, people who are into it would argue with me probably, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sorry, a virtual cat's not the same as, as an actual kitty curling up in your lap and purring, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, granted, they don't do it on command very well, but, <laughs> you know, maybe dogs do, but cats don't, and, you know. Yeah. I've got small dogs, and one of them in particular loves to just snuggle up with you on the couch. And, and, and so, you know, you, you appreciate that, right? Right, right. You know, enough that you're saying, okay, I guess I'll feed you every day and clean up your poo because cause I like you snuggling up with me. You know, I yeah. appreciate that you warn me when there's something, something going on that, that's out of the norm, right? Yeah, well, of, of the few items mentioned in this article... Uh, one really is all that attracted my attention, and that's uh, because I've been for some time thinking about a, a small little Bluetooth speaker uh-huh. that I could take with me over to the clubhouse with other people and basically play uh, in the background some in, some instrumental 
music that we can sing along to. Right. But, you know, uh, and the, the people who bring their guitars and all can join in if they want to, you know? Yeah. But, but there's some things we, we'd never have with our group over there. That's because we don't have a piano over there. Right. I play piano. And so I could like to record something that I've, you know, wanted mm-hmm. to use as a background. Right. And, uh, and bring it along. The only issue I have with the one that's here is that they I don't see any dimensions uh, or a nice portable carrier or something like that. You yeah, know, I've I've seen these, and it comes with like a little cloth loop thing that you can dangle it from. That is much smaller than you think it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's tiny. Um, you know, they've got some larger ones. Um, well, then the question is, if you get too small, can I really get enough volume out of it right. to fill a room, you know? I can send you the link to one that I actually bought a pair of for using with my swim team. And it's like the size of a small boom box like you used to have, and it's got a built-in handle. Yeah. And I can put it on the end of a pool and hear it across the pool clearly. It is uh-huh. outdoors in a noisy environment, loud, um, and still not that large. And, and I get multiple days worth of play out of one charge, and it's it's a fantastic one. And I think it was similar in price to this one. In fact, I think it was a little cheaper than this one. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll share that link with you because that was uh, I'm I'm very pleased with that one. Okay, well, it just uh, it just occurred to me that uh, that this might be the something to get a, myself for Christmas. Although yeah. I- I think I've already overdone it. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. well, it's not hard to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, let's see. Uh, is there anything else in this one that you want to talk about here? Um, the only other thing that I thought looked kind of interesting was they showed some of the X-Real Air 2 Pro uh, glasses and... Uh, uh, the, you know, there's several companies out there that are trying to do things that, um, uh, with, with like smart glass glasses, um, you know, and I think these are ones that just do sound. Uh, I don't think they, um, mm-hmm. actually have a, uh, or do they put something, they have a screen in there. I can't tell. It's not clear. Yeah. You know? There are some that do provide a little bit of information on the screen in front of you, and I think that's kind of cool. Maybe these guys do that. I think they do. At this price, five, 450 bucks, they probably should. Yeah, otherwise I can't Yeah, see. they've got display port capabilities, so... Uh, anyway, some people have rated them five stars. Yeah, they actually do have a... a, 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 a Color accuracy, where they have here, uh, TUV color accuracy certified screens. Hmm. Uh, so they make them look like glasses, but and then they've got sound in the ear, ear parts. Yeah. Uh, you still have to plug it into something, I think, to get. Uh, I don't see. Power. I don't see any number of pixels or anything like that. You know, usually for a display, a digital display. Yeah, you got some kind of. A, well, they make several different models, and you know, I don't know. It's if if these were all that in a bag of chips, then everybody'd be talking about them. So I look at it and go like, well, okay. Interesting you know? that that they're, yeah. they're doing it, but but uh, you know, in a couple yeah. of months, March or so, we're going to find out about sure. the, the, the number one. 
uh, gadget from from Apple. So. I wish I was able to share something with you. I was playing with it yesterday. I have a plastic headset that fits uh, on my, you know, that I can put on that holds my phone in front of my face, and then it's got lenses so that I can close focus on the on the screen in front of me. Mm-hmm. And if you go to YouTube, there's videos where you can get uh, what they call 3D side by side. And so it then takes your, uh, you play the video on your phone and it does your left eye and your right eye. It basically splits the phone in half when you stick it in the, in the little, uh, carrier and, mm-hmm. and you can watch 3D video. And while there's not a ton of video there, there are, um, samples of some 3D movies and things like that that you can look at. And the quality of that is actually really good. I mean, it's, it's surprisingly, uh, strong. And so I look at that and I go, you know, why is, <laughs> why isn't more, why aren't more people taking advantage of that? You know, and, and that's something that a lot of people could do right now with their phone and using Google cardboard or a little like this plastic headset that I got. I think I got it for 20 bucks online a few years ago. Um, and I just wanted something that I thought was more comfortable than the little cardboard dealie that Google used to sell. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's, it's actually, you know, pretty impressive. And I just don't understand why more people don't use that. Now it's video only, right? Well, I mean, there's audio too. I put my AirPods in and listen to it. So I oh. get surround sound with 3D video. And, and, and how do you get, can you create your own videos? Well, there's a capability within the iPhone to now shoot 3D video, but I don't know that anybody has a player that plays that particular file format. I've read about a couple different people who have that that have tested with early betas of uh, iOS 17.2 and shot some some spatial video, and then they took it offline to their Mac. They then translated it into this you know 3D side by side format, and then they were able to watch it. Oh, so there must be some software for the PCs and so, for the Macs. Yeah, so there's ways yeah. to get there, but I don't know that it's, um, you know, I mean, the the ability to shoot that has only been around, to shoot spatial video has only been around since 17.2, which was what, last Monday? Right. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot of different uh, solutions yet, but. The, 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 I know that there are some videos that you can, that are set up to use that side by side video. And if you grant the, um, you have to grant your Safari browser access to the, uh, motion sensor in your phone. But if you do that, you can actually tap the, the volume button and by, by pointing around and looking with your face, there's a dot on the screen. You can point it at what you want and then click the button on the on the phone, which is exposed in the headset, and uh, and make selections and stuff. So you can even, you know, go through and look through a menu and, and you know, pause and play and forward and back. And, you know, it's, oh. it's, it's like pretty darn functional for something that costs me almost nothing more than what I've already spent. Yeah. Well, I, I think before you jump into the... The more expensive ones, you got to say, well, what's the difference of the two, and is it yeah. worth it? Yeah, there's clearly significantly more going on in in spatial video and in Vision Pro than you're going to do with your phone inside of a little goggle headset. But that doesn't mean that the phone with the goggle headset doesn't give you a lot of functionality too. Now, you know? 
Now, uh, how much was the goggle headset? Is it way much, or is it? It. I mean, it's it. You know, it's a chunk of plastic. It looks like ski goggles, so it probably weighs about as much as a set of ski goggles do. And like I said, I think it was about twenty bucks when I got it. Uh, huh. I sent you a link to the uh, Bluetooth speaker, by the way, the W King W King portable loud Bluetooth speaker with subwoofer that I used. Uh, it's waterproof and 60 watts and it's $66.65 right now. So, um, that's significantly cheaper than the one that you were looking at. And this one, you know, somebody who's listened to it and said, Ooh, you get a lot of volume and pretty good sound quality out of it. Yeah. Waterproof speaker says yeah you you, you drop it in the pool i have not tried dropping it in the pool because um (laughs) i'm happy to take their word for that part of it um okay but well that that looks better as a portable it's stereo though right you you do have more stereo, stereo sound coming out of it yeah, yeah. What's really nice about it is that you can buy two of them and set them on separate sides of the room. You can they link together, and then you get really good stereo sound because there's some actual separation. You know, sure. in yeah. in a boombox, you're only going to get so much stereo sound because you know, right? But yeah, there's two speakers in there, so you can it drives. It's got two speakers, and then the whole back of it is a passive radiator to kind of yeah. bump up the bass. Sure. Well, you know, given the uh, the price of that, I don't, that's not a bad thing. Right, and it's it's pretty sturdily built. Like I said, I've got got a pair of them, and uh, yeah, now there it's mm-hmm. it's it's an impressive little setup. Wow. Yeah, I might just get off yeah. here and order some. I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, sold. I I was uh, impressed because I was actually coaching at a pool and as we were leaving another team was coming in and one of the swimmers on the other team was carrying one uh and it just it sounded really good and then i watched them set it up on the opposite side of the pool and turn the volume up as they were getting in the water and you could hear it clear across the pool i mean and i'm like wow there aren't that many you know carry along bluetooth speakers that you can that that sound like a pa system you know that you can hear that that far and that clear cleanly Right. And uh, and this one was pretty impressive. Any external inputs to it? I mean, other than the, the, the there's a charging Bluetooth? port with a rubber grommet, and uh, and I think there's like a um, uh, the little um, eighth inch port that you can plug in, so you can plug in like a uh, like your your um, a spe- just a speaker plug. Well, yeah, yeah. There's well, it's just a. It's like the. It looks like a headphone jack, but it, you can use it as. It's a line in basically, and it's uh, for like if you have um, sound coming out of an iPod or um, yeah, an iPod. I had to think for a second. They, you know, most people don't have iPods anymore, but I know you still have one that you use. So yep, you know, or you could take it out of the headphone jack on like your phone. Uh, if you still had a headphone jack or, or, you know, from a, a Bluetooth to, to, uh, it's not quarter inch, it's eighth inch, you know. Yeah, even though it's meant for Bluetooth wireless, uh, you can plug in something as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have a physical <clears throat> connection with it as opposed to just the, uh, the Bluetooth. Now, this is W King, whatever that brand means. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'd never heard of them before, but like I said, I heard somebody else playing one and was impressed. And so I 
went and looked it up. Basically, I looked and saw what they had and went look searching for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I've been very happy with them. Yeah, it, it has a um, an auxiliary in Bluetooth 5.0. It also has a you can put music onto a um, uh, small uh, SIM card, whatever it's called, um, the S, uh, uh, SD card. The micro oh. SD, and oh. and it'll play off of that as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it says it's stereo and Bluetooth. Right. So yeah, hundred and twenty watt power. That's 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 impressive for for the price. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like I said, I was impressed with it. As I recall, too, you can also use it uh, as a power bank to charge other devices you can plug your phone into it and it will charge them it's it's like a uh oh. you know 5000 milliamp battery or something like that well gee this is this is getting better all the time yeah pretty soon yeah. you'll tell me i can lick it like an ice cream or cone and then i'll have to have it uh, well, you can you can lick it like an ice cream cone. It won't taste like an ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, okay. So here it says that it has two 30-watt, 3.7-inch woofers and two 10-watt, 1.2-inch tweeters that are in the front. And then it's got a 7.2-inch passive base radiator, on the, which is the entire back of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's a four-speaker stereo system. Um, and you can pair two together, like I said, if you want to get um, uh, wireless stereo with some real separation, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. So, well, very good. So, uh, yeah, I was yeah. just trying to check and see. I don't remember. I don't think this one has a um, a speaker built into it, but maybe it does. So you can use it as a um, uh, wireless phone connection too. Mm-hmm. Which, to be honest. In my mind, that's almost a negative because I don't want somebody calling while calling you're doing while something. I'm listening to music. Yeah, and in fact, when I run it as a speaker for my uh, during, yeah, it does allow you to do um, hands-free phone calls. Um, I have a tendency to um, um, to uh, play the music on like from an iPad, uh, yeah. separate separate from my phone. That way, it doesn't get interrupted. Yep. Yep. Okay, well, let's see here. Shall we move on here? If I can find my list now. Uh, I guess i got to go back over to this other app. Uh, yeah, that's better than that little Marshall speaker. Yeah, it's significantly sure. larger. That Marshall speaker is only about four inches by four inches. It's pretty yeah. tiny. Well, Marshall's a really good name, though. That, that was what I was thinking. You know? uh, uh, right. My question is, is it really designed and built by the Marshall people, or is that just licensing their name? Because, you know, they make big amplifier stacks for for musicians. I don't know that they're really doing the Bluetooth things. That said, I used to, back in the day, had a pair of Marshall uh, wired head earbuds. They were yeah. huge for, for earbuds, but they actually sounded really well because they had big drivers in them. And so, um, they sounded pretty good. So, yeah. Yeah. Sound quality wise, they're probably really pretty good quality. Okay. Sounds really good. Let me, uh, uh, go on to the next list here. Well, before that, I found uh, that there's a feature that's been added. To the messages, 
uh, in iMessage for the holiday season that I thought was kind of kind of cool. Uh, the uh, you can track flights directly in, from your iMessage. I saw that. Yeah, I actually pay for an app that I use to track flight information, and it puts stuff in my calendar automatically for me that I like. Um, but uh, it's pretty impressive to see that, that Apple's just kind of built it into the OS, the capa- yeah. a lot of that capability, not the same. but Yeah, and, and you can send it to somebody then, too, you know, so that uh-huh. they can use it. So it just has to be in a certain format uh, with the brackets around them, airline and address or flight number rather and uh, they can see what's going on although down below it says other options that may bring up flight tracker include uh, things with no spaces just have the have it after the, the uh, American airline name or abbreviation for the uh-huh. and uh, I don't know what those alternatives are I guess it depends on the airline but uh, it'll bring it up you can uh, copy your uh, and paste your all this information. Send it off to your wife or something. Yeah. Anyway, get got all the important stuff: flight status, time delayed, canceled, whatever, arrival departures, times, gate numbers. Yeah. Flight duration, baggage claim, the number on the baggage carousel. I know a uh, lot. A lot of people talk about an app called Flighty that they use for that kind of stuff. And I've looked at Flighty, and the to, most of the functionality is blocked until you pay for it. It has some basic functionality uh, that you know you can use for free. But mm-hmm. I found the interface so not intuitive for me that I could almost not use Flighty. And so I actually use an app called Flight Updates. And I like it because if there's a change in the flight, it automatically updates everything in my calendar and everything with it. So when I put stuff in flight updates, whether I'm the one flying or whether my kids are flying to see me or anything, I put in their flight information. It also that way I know when they're they're expected to land because I'm usually the one who has to go pick them up at the airport. And so um, um, I like flight update, which is a an, a separate app. But I tell you what, I'm going to. Um, give this a try. Give huh? it a try for sure. Yeah, next time I'm flying somewhere or they're flying somewhere, uh, I'm going to have them. You know, I'll either text their flight information to them or have them text it to me, so we have it in a te- in in iMessages and then see what happens. Anyway, it's a CNET article. You can easily track mm. flights in iMessage on your iPhone this holiday season, and here's how: no need for third-party airline apps or websites. So yeah, it's all, it consolidates things a bit. Get a few, few less icons on your screen and all that. Yeah, just have to remember how to use it. Right. Yeah. Well, and they they do they they're a little particular about how it's typed into iMessage. You have to type the name of the airline and then the flight number. So, in their case, they were going American Space Airlines Space and then the four digit mm-hmm. flight number uh, yep. in the text. I think by those brackets they show in the sentence that they just mean it's all got to be together. The airline has got to be one set of words, and then the number is one set of characters, I mean. and then Well, they show a couple different variations yeah. of that in there, and they said they may work, but that they're, they had the best luck with doing it exactly like I just described it. Full name of the airlines yeah. and then the, the flight number. Yeah. So. So. Yep. Well, that's that's yeah. 
pretty damn simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just like I said, you just got to remember that uh, that particular you know little bit about it. But um, so we'll okay. see. I sent you a a link to the DeskTech V4 version four VR headset that I sent. Uh, that is the one that I use. Uh, uh, and it doesn't look like that particular one's available for sale, but there's a ton of others that are. Some of them they're charging as much as 60 and $70 for, which seems kind of excessive. Well, hmm. here's one that's $100, but it includes like earphones built in and Bluetooth to attach to the earphones and that kind of stuff. So they could get, uh, get fancier. Yeah. So the Desk Tech f- version five VR headsets thirty one ninety nine, and that's the that's like the one model up from the one that I have. Yeah. Okay. But that's what I have, and like I said, using one of these headsets, I have found there's a, a fair amount of of data out or. or um, stuff out there in in 3d split screen format that you can watch it would be nice if the fine folks at uh who, who make some stuff would support this functionality more i think i think it's you know i i, I suspect that uh as time moves on this is, that's why they went to version five added some more capability you know right well and, just I mean, and, and they're making sure that it works with more phones like the version five specifically talks about models of phone that weren't available when the other one that worked that said uh, the phone that i have is an iphone 15 max and it was not available and and that shape and form factor didn't even exist and yet it works fine with mine yeah. Um, yeah. but they do i was concerned but they specifically do say that the iphone 13 mini uh, works. So you could use that too. It just means you won't have quite as big a screen, I guess. Hmm. You know, your field yeah. of vision might not be the same inside the goggles. Okay. Well, right below this is the VR five or right. V five right. $52. I just sent you the V five. There's a, there's a version of the V five that's $31. It doesn't come with the little Bluetooth, uh, pointing device, I guess is what they're calling it or something. Oh, so, uh, and I don't have that. It works fine. Mm-hmm. So I will say that, you know, every once in a while, uh, again, because there isn't an environment that's really designed for this, that I um, have to, like, pop the, the phone out, you know, use the phone in my hand to maneuver to where I want, start the video, and then put the thing back in the headset, you know, oh. um, which is a little bit of a pain. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah. 110 degree field of view. Yeah. Well, it's 31 bucks. Seems sounds pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean again, you got to put your phone in there to do it and uh so it gets heavy. You know, yeah, it's not it's not a perfect solution, but to be honest, I can't imagine that the one that you're going to get from Apple is going to be any lighter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I put it on last night and watched a 20 minute video just to see, and it was like, it was good quality and interesting. So, yeah. Alrighty. Something that looks like the, um, the version five has done is that I don't think was in version four, but I have to go back and look at it more closely. I may have just said it and I just never have gone back to mess with it is, um, 
the you have a, a, a everybody has a slightly different PD. That's your pupillary distance from your center line of your nose to your each pupil. Yeah, and this seems to allow you to adjust it. And I don't know that the version four did, but maybe it did, and I just haven't looked at it. It definitely has a button on top that allows you to adjust the focal distance. Yeah. Okay. So, well, instead of the uh, like Apple did with the hand, they give you a little device here to move the pointer around, whatever. Like, did you go look at the controller? Or what? Yeah, the, mine didn't have device? a controller, and uh, you know, I got the cheaper one without the controller. And you know, if you want to spend an extra twenty bucks for that little Bluetooth controller, I suppose it probably can do some things for you. Yeah, you know, that probably would, uh, you know. Get, uh, remove the need to take the headset off and, and you know manually adjust something with your phone and then put it back in if you could use the Bluetooth controller to select something. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, well, I'll dig into that more later. But, yeah, uh, something to think about, you know. I just, I, you know, it's one of those things where the, the end result is good enough that it makes me wonder why this isn't being taken more advantage of. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's certainly not perfect, you know, and it's yeah. using a device designed for one thing to do something else. Yeah. But, well, this, this uh, page on Amazon says they sold 700 of them in the past month. Yeah. And 11 ratings on it. And, uh, it's, yeah. it's 5.0. Everybody that's rated it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that it had, they're happy. Yeah. My version four of it, I, I, I can't imagine a better built, you know, version of what it does. You know, mm -hmm. whether or not you like what it does is a totally separate thing. But as far as providing a virtual reality headset to stick your phone into this, the quality of uh, build quality, everything, I was very happy with the desk tech, uh, version four. Yeah. So. Anyway, they uh, uh, it's, it does support the Max Mini 13 Mini. Yeah, which I saw that was you know positive for you. I was and concerned being, wearing glasses since I do. Yeah, yeah. Being that um, that uh, you know the Mini is a smaller you know video viewing surface, I was concerned that it may or may not work with that, but it clearly says that it does. So yeah, yeah. So. Be lighter. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a little bit lighter. Certainly lighter than my uh, 15 Max. Yeah. You know, although it is made out of titanium, as Apple, you know, likes to stick in your face repeatedly on their commercials. Although I'm noticing here, if for every color they have, the light pink, the uh, uh, thistle, and well, the wisteria, they're currently unavailable. So they're selling like crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the black one, too, though. I think you get less light leakage with the black. But who knows? You know, the plastic might be completely uh, dark and opaque anyway. So Yeah. Uh, well, they call it cream. How come they call it cream? I don't know. Mine is black. Oh. Well, I'm I'm looking at the at the uh, one from the uh, with the controller. I am too, actually. Oh. So. so. Anywho, okay, let's uh, go on to another device here because I think we got a lot more to cover. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Let's see. The next thing up here says 10 fun plus functional stocking stuffers for the apple lovers in your life. Well, uh-huh. we have a few of those. Yeah. And that's an article by Yankoo Design. Uh-huh. So they've got, first of all, something they call a snapshot case. Mm-hmm. For AirPods Pro. Yeah. So if you've got the Pro, this will supposedly give you a, um, uh, well, you can charge through this case and it includes a space to stick a, uh, a tracker on it. Yep. Now you can already already do a find my on the case, but it doesn't have the the U one chip in it uh, or U two chip in it that lets you track it uh, as accurately as one of the uh, Air Tags, and so this just allows you to stick an Air Tag on it. Yeah, uh, I think Apple should be putting the that particular chip in everything they sell, especially the small things like TV remotes and AirPods, and it just it seems stupid that they're not doing that but okay (laughs) (laughs) well if it's popular enough people will put them on there you just have to add more cost yeah (laughs) this next one i think is funny it's uh a uh airpods pro neck strap so essentially it's going to take your wireless airpods and put make them wires and and put cords (laughs) on them which is you know everybody went away from that remember when they first went to bluetooth earbuds they used to have a wire that attached the two that draped around behind your neck and so now they're saying well you don't have a wire but how about we put some you know a, a piece of like shoelace material down around behind your neck to hold them together so that if one falls out it doesn't get lost yeah i'm like all right well, you know. anyway, then there's the wallet. Yeah, it's a full, well, it's actually the whole case. It's a full leather wallet case. So it's just got, it looks like it's stitched onto the back of it, a pouch and, where you can stick your cards. And you can't get leather from Apple anymore, so this might be something you'd, you'd want. Yeah. I, um, when I got my iPhone 15, ordered one of their um, fine linen cases tried it for a day or two, then packaged it up and mailed it back to him and said, give me my money back. I don't like it. I did not like their fine linen. I went online and found a uh, a leather case from a company that I liked very much. It was almost exactly like the um, uh, leather case that I had had as an Apple leather case previously. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought that it was really, and it was it was uh, fairly inexpensive. Um, I, it was by L O N L I Lonley, uh-huh. and it's twenty one dollars and ninety one cents. You can get it in black, gray, blue, or brown, and it it looks it, it looks and functions exactly like the Apple leather cases did when they sold leather cases except it doesn't have the apple embossed into the back of it. Yeah, anyway, you got to take the damn thing off though if you want to put it on a MagSafe charger. Nope. This one is MagSafe. Oh, the one with the cards you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, the one that I've got, the Lon Lee one, which is a leather case without the wallet, just a plain oh. leather case, yeah. is a MagSafe uh uh supporting case and so it you can just leave it in the case mine is on the case on a mag safe charger as we speak yeah, so well I, I was just reviewing the one that was in right the yeah all of those that put something on the back 
do that. And that's why I tend to not like them very much because yeah. I like using the MagSafe charger and I don't want to uh, have, have to remove some every time. Right. Yeah. You don't have to pop it out of the case. That's a pain. Um, yep. Yeah. So I don't yep. know. Well, then the next one is a MagSafe origami grip yeah. stand. So it uses a MagSafe, but then it make put in order to put a stand on your on your phone so you can uh-huh. set it up and I guess do selfies or something from far or away or whatever. But if you like stands, and they show a little video here of how you can hold it in your hand with yeah. the stand still on there, but it's. You know, it's going to be one of those things that, you know, you, you probably won't want it on there very much of the time just for, right. for certain uses. Right. Well, you know, the, the Apple does sell a wallet that, is sna- uh, that snaps on via MagSafe, but, of course, they don't sell one in leather anymore. They just sell their fine linen one that snaps onto the back. I have well, one of their leather ones prior to that that I like, and then I just sent you a link to one that I bought after that for people who like the pop socket on the back of their phone because yeah. they use that to mount it on their dashboard or just to hold. Um, if you have a MagSafe-compatible phone, you can get the pop socket uh, MagSafe wallet, and it's a wallet that allows you to keep, you know, three, two to four cards, I guess, in the wallet. Uh-huh. Uh, and it MagSafe attaches to the back of your phone and then gives you the pop socket to hold on to. And then you can pop it off if you want to use your phone to mag to, to charge via MagSafe because it's just attached via the magnets. And yeah. in my experience, the magnets hold it tightly enough that uh, that I've never had it like pop off while I was holding it by the pop socket. Yeah. Now, what it doesn't use MagSafe. It does use MagSafe. Well, what's the what's the pop? So the thing, the pop socket. Did you open the link? Uh, no. Open uh, the link that I sent you just a minute ago called Pop Sockets uh, Phone Wallet. The I've po- seen those. Lots of people have them. Yeah. The Pop Socket is that little disc that pops up, and you can push it down flat or you can pull it out, but it allows you to then to slide it in between your fingers and hold it much more easily, especially yeah. for the larger phones. Pop Sockets make a lot of sense, or people who have smaller hands. Uh, uh. And so this gives you a Pop Socket and a wallet, and it's MagSafe, so you can Pop it out of the, you know, take the whole thing off if you want to then use a MagSafe charger. Yeah. I thought it was sort of the best of both worlds. And so I bounced back and forth. You know, for a while I was using the PopSop, either the Apple wallet or this particular PopSocket wallet uh, as my only wallet. I would stick a driver's license and and a card in there, and that's all I needed most of the time. Mm -hmm. And and then I didn't carry a wallet. Save me one thing to carry around. Yeah. But your card's not in danger of messing it up? They put it in between um, something that's supposed to block the magnetic cause. But realize that most cards these days, are they're not using the magnetic stripe anyway. They're using the little chip or they're using the um, the little, uh, uh, what is it, the NFC, or not NFC, what is the the, uh, the short f- field radio? I can't oh. remember what they're called. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, the touch to pay. You know, or you could just use that on your phone. You don't even need the card for that, right? So, right. Yep. 
So, you know, even yeah. if the magnetic stripe gets gets demagnetized these days, that's usually not a big deal because almost, you know, nobody uses that anymore. Right. Oh. Okay. So while we're talking gifts, I just had to think, you know, well, what are the solutions that I like? I like the the Lonely Classic leather case with a uh, with the pop socket phone wallet or the Apple leather wallet if you can still find one. Um, yeah, not fond of the fine linen at all. Uh huh. You know, and I know there's some people who are fine with the fine linen, but but I've read I've read a lot of people who had the same reaction that I did. We gave it a try. I tried to be open minded, but just really didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, I will just, say there for those who who like the pop sockets, but don't want to put one permanently on their phone because they want to use MagSafe to charge, but don't want a wallet. That PopSocket also sells a phone grip compatible MagSafe adapter that uh, just attaches without the wallet piece. Okay. And it's like $10 less. So, yep. Anyway, we're back to the the fun uh, thing. So they've got the weird stand thing that, that pops up. You, you started to talk about that. It's a origami grip. That looks kind of weird. I mean, it d- sort of does the same thing that the pop socket does, but just seems like I don't know. That's that's awfully complex looking. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's uh, it looks like it's just solid, you know. So it's a big thing. What do you do with it when you don't have it on there? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It might just get in the way. Seems know? like it adds a lot of bulk. Yeah, so I think that's how the pop socket wins. So. Yeah, and you anyway. can get a Nomad Glow in the Dark Watch Sport Band for your Apple Watch, assuming that you can buy your Apple Watch, which you got to do quickly. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, uh, well, we... I guess you can, you'll be able to get the SE because it doesn't have the sensor that is in contention here, right? So the uh, yeah. the, the SE watch you'll still be able to buy, but the Series Nine and the Apple Watch Ultra Version Two, which are their current watches. Apparently, I don't know. Did we talk about that already? We really didn't, did we? No, we didn't. We were offline when we mentioned. Yeah. That. So apparently, Apple has been in a fairly long-going uh, court case with a company that has the uh, rights to a specific sensor that covers. Um, was it blood oxygen level, pulse ox? Uh, yeah. And uh, Apple's on the losing end of that. And so they're, they, they, through the International Commission on International Trade Commission or something like that. Anyway, the um, Apple has lost their appeals, and their final appeal is intervention by the office of the president of the United States, and he has till the twenty fifth to basically step in and say Apple can keep selling this. So as a as a sort of pre-announcement, Apple said, you know, we can't keep selling these watches as of the 25th. And so, you know, if they're in stock at Best Buy or other places, then you'll be able to get them. But Apple won't be able to sell them starting on the 25th unless something else happens in this case. You know, right. I'm sure Apple's also trying to figure out how to settle with this company. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, what their options are, at least. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, Apple's going like, okay. How much who, do I? How much cash do I have to pull out of my wallet, and who do I have to pay to make this go away? Yeah, but <laughs> you know? this this company is—I uh, don't know how big they are, but you know, 
maybe even purchase of the company could be in the cards yeah. too. Yeah, the name of that was my thought was Gapple just going to buy these guys or, if, or at least try to buy their intellectual property if they can because they don't right. want to get in a situation where they're paying these guys a, you know, a, a fee for every watch they sell. Right. Um, the company was called um, uh, Mossimo Technology, and I'm wondering yeah. if it's related to the Mossimo clothing brand that's out there because um, yeah. uh, that guy's – Actually, his uh, he or he was actually I think he and his wife were involved in that scandal at USC where kids were they were paying kids to get into uh, get accepted into the college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I'm trying to. It doesn't say here where they are. Yeah, curious. I have to see I where. Thought, they... I I was thinking it was Japanese, but I'm not sure. Anyhow, yeah. well, if they're going to the International um, Trade Commission, then it might be an international issue. Yeah. Any, anyway, the cutoff date's an important one because Apple can sell like crazy up until then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if yeah. they have to put them on sale. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what? It's it's not Massimo. It's Massimo, and so it is a. I think it is a different company. So, I think it's spelled differently. Anyway, that's the thing big companies do all the time, and I only know that from experience with when I was a manager of a Boeing contract. I had a big contract way in the past, and uh, a lot of their subs were complaining to, you know, going around them to complain to me how they were being mistreated and all this and that, and if I could do something. And uh-huh. there wasn't a whole lot that I could do, you know. Yeah. Anyhow, well, in fact, nothing. I think I went and talked to the, to our lawyers and says, you know, so and so wants us to do that. Can we? Uh-huh. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so, anyway, small businesses uh, suffer a lot and put and put a lot at risk when they subcontract to big companies because yeah. big companies have a number of options to put them out of business or. Yeah, buy them or whatever. And yeah, well, and, and not of not all of them are particularly nice ways either. They you know they will use their yeah. size and and wealth to to leverage yep. you into doing things that you maybe didn't want to do. Yeah, it's so. a, it's a t- tough tough game, you know. And uh, yeah, of course, there's a lot of things the big companies can do, like contract uh, for big contracts that small companies are totally out of it. You know, they just have a piece of the thing and. And the government doesn't want to piece out everything. They got to have an integrator. So yeah. So anyhow, so Massimo Technologies makes a Massimo W1 medical watch that allows users to have untethered continuous pulse oximetry no matter where they are, with visual notification and red when measurements fall outside normal ranges and haptic feedback. So they have a watch that does what the Apple Watch does, I think since version 6 or 7. Um, and they've got another health sport watch that does things. They also have Denon, uh, uh, what they call adaptive acoustic technology. Denon, they work, I don't know if they're aligned with or they're just partnered with Denon for earbuds. And then they have this thing called the op- op- opioid halo First and only FDA authorized opioid overdose prevention and alert system. And it fits on your wrist and it's got a wire attached to one of your fingertips. And I guess it 
says, yeah. hey, it, it somehow senses opioids in your system. Yeah. Uh, doesn't look like it, it doesn't look like something that that the average schmo would wear comfortably, though, with the wires. But it's uh, but they're clearly a company that's, you know, doing lots of things. Oh, they've yeah. got uh, the the Massimo Stork. And it's actually like a booty that you fit on your child, your infant, and it's tracking their heart rate and pulse rate and oxygen saturation through their foot while giving you a baby cam to watch them. Baby monitored so you can, for those who who are really paranoid about their child or if their child has a health issue, this is a great way to track it. Yeah, sounds like it's got got some capabilities there that are useful. Yeah. Unlike the next thing that's on the list. (laughs) (laughs) They they just give us a, a thing they call Terra, and it's a case for your uh, uh, earpieces, uh, AirPods. And uh, anyway, it only comes in one design, no color options to choose yeah. from. In but leather. It, Apple would never that, sell this. That's right. So, <laughs> anyway. I, you know, I'm so, not a big fan of putting a case on my case. I don't yeah. like covers on my AirPod cases. I don't want them any bigger or bulkier than they already are. Well, and it would it, it would lose its smoothness, so it would go into your pocket as easily, you know, yeah. well, or slide out. Now that that could be a possibility if you've got yeah. certain kinds of pockets in, yeah. in menswear, at least. I find front pockets allow me to drop things out of my pocket really. Oh, yeah, easy. I've had my AirPods slide out of my pocket in the car and then drop down between the the chair and the console. Yeah, where you can't get them. Where it's yeah, where yeah, you're trying to fish them out and it's you know you can't contort your hand into the shape you need to get them anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, in general, I'm not fond of of cases on my case. Um, I know, you know, some of my family members have things that they like that are you know sparkly or or you know, cartoony or you know, there's there's lots of different cases out there, and for people who like to do that, they can do that. That's the the wonder of individuality. You can customize your stuff to your heart's content, right? Yeah. So, and then an AirTag carabiner that you can use for your keychain. Um, that actually is a pretty nice looking way to to have an AirTag attached to your keychain. Yeah, but it's only a hundred and nineteen dollars. Yeah, because it's solid brass. Yeah. Um, and you, you might, I, I have no idea, but, uh, my mind immediately goes, and would the, uh, TSA confiscate that as a weapon before you got on a plane? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I doubt it. I suppose that's probably no worse than the keys that it's carrying, right? Yeah, I suppose. But that, that's solid brass makes that thing a pretty, uh, you know, hard. Yeah, and chunky. It's going to weigh a bit. Yeah. So, well, I always liked the the uh, leather air air tag things that Apple made, and there was a bunch of people who made knockoffs, and now you'd have to buy the knockoffs because Apple doesn't sell them in leather anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, yeah I I I get the image, the message Apple's trying to send by saying they're not going to sell things made out of leather, but I just I just so disagree with it. It's it's I I like leather as a material for a lot of things, and. Uh, you know, just yeah. some some people have this tendency to just go berserk on something. Says, "Man, I got to go all the way." You know? Yeah. Well, it's imaging. It's 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 yeah. messaging. Apple is sending messages saying that we're going to be as you know earth friendly as we can possibly be. And for a company that makes a whole bunch of you know electronic and battery driven stuff, you know that that's a tough sell. So they've got to. Yeah. So they're going you know into hyperdrive on that. Yeah. Being the son of a farmer and loving cows, 
uh, I just don't understand it. Uh, you know, yeah. Cows have some really good parts to eat and parts to use for lots of things and have been for, for generations, you know. Oh, yeah. Centuries. You started to say absolutely centuries, millennium. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But, you know, that's Apple's choice. So, so be it. You know, we can live with it or not. Yep. So. Uh, anyway, this next one is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, you can connect your uh, your uh, watch to your phone and charge your watch. Actually, that's not what that is. It's not? No. It we'll looks like, it, it kind of looks like it could be that way, but it is plugged into the wall and you can charge your watch and your phone simultaneously from a single device. It's basically 12 South. They call it the 12 South butterfly and it's a charging system that's very similar oh. to Apple's little portable charging system. I think Apple actually discontinued is, it. This is portable, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you still have to plug it into the wall. So you have to have an adapter somewhere, you know, the little power brick to plug it in. Oh, it's one or the other or both. I guess they're both. Right? Yeah, you can. You can, well, it could be one or the other. You don't have to have both on there to charge, but it's got yeah. two different charging surfaces. One of them is uh, a uh, MagSafe, and the other is the Apple Watch charger. Okay, I misread that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, there'd be no charging between the two, then, huh? I don't believe there's any charging between the two. I don't think you can use the battery in your phone to charge your watch, or, and certainly not vice versa. The watch doesn't have enough juice to charge anything. So, Well, this is just for those people who are not careful about having things charged overnight. Yeah, well, it's if you're traveling and you yeah. want a single go-to point to have you know everything charged, then that's yeah. fine. I I don't know. I I have found that I have a um, a multi port charging brick that I bring along with me when I travel, and coming off of it, I have shorter cables. But I've got a cable that allows me to charge my phone, my iPad, my my watch. I've got one. You know, one of the cords is a cord with a little disc on it uh, for charging the watch and a few other things. I don't know if you saw it, but there was an article out the other day that was going around in some of the tech news about Apple warning people that using non Apple chargers for your watch can damage your watch and shorten its life. Yeah. In Uh, fact, uh, I saw an article, when I was looking through this morning, I thought about bringing it up, but it had listed, uh, the numbers, uh, that are on the, uh, uh, charger uh that are allowed by apple mm-hmm. or, or apple approved that, yeah that's what it is it's an approval right apple number. has a has a certification process and yeah. so if it's an m5 and i don't remember what m5 stands for but uh, uh if it's a if it's a apple certified device then it's fine to use but you know anybody who goes on to amazon can find you know, a thousand and one different, you know, knockoff manufacturers who make charging discs for Apple Watches. Now, mm-hmm. are some of those probably not good for you and or your watch? Probably. Are most of them fine? Probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's how much of a risk taker are you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what level of risk do you really perceive? I suppose, you know, once you have a watch overheat and blow up on your bedside stand, you you have a much lower tolerance for these things. Well, I I don't even want to take that chance. I mean, you know, 
especially for a phone, but a watch is not cheap either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the watch things are, um, um, you know, driven by uh, a standards body. I mean, the, the, rather the phone things, you know, that's most of the ones that you're going to buy are Qi chargers, you know, and, uh, and I guess lightning cables, you can get knockoff lightning cables, but most of those I think are using Apple's connectors. So those are usually fine. Um, so anyway, as the next one coming up is a, is a charger also. It's a OtterBox two in one power watch charger. And then you can set a charger, uh, uh, I don't know what it means. Two and one. I doesn't say that here. Then. Oh, it says you can also charge another device at the same time via the included cable. This one is, I think, a battery. Oh. So it's you charge it up, and then it's a battery that you can then take with you as a power bank to charge okay, up your watch of or something. Instead plugging it into the wall, so right? It's, yeah, it's just in a, a move. Yeah, up. the other one is then it's wireless. Yeah. Yeah, so you can charge it up. So if you're going on a trip, but you know it's only overnight, you only need one charge, then you could use something like this. Or if you're doing something, you know, where you're out and using your watch a lot during the day and you're concerned that the battery's going to die, you could then, you know, pop it off and charge it for a while. Yeah, it's a 3,000 milliamp hour. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, enough to do a phone and and a watch probably once. And it has the uh, magnet to attach your watch to directly around the charger. Right. That's kind of handy. I have a battery that I bought for my family for Christmas, I think last year. I bought one for everybody. And it's got, it's a uh, rectangular one, but it's got the little pad on it for you to put your watch on it to charge. And then it's got a built-in lightning cable that's attached permanently that just kind of tucks in on the, uh, wraps around it. Yeah. And so that way then they could charge up, the, you know, keep it, you know, charged and then you can pull it out of your purse or out of your glove box or whatever and charge up your phone and your watch if you needed to. And I found them really handy right up until I got the iPhone 15 where I no no, no longer have a lightning port on my phone. <laughs> so mm. they're not as, they're not as valuable to me anymore, but it is still a nice way to charge up, you know, have something portable to charge up my my watch if I need it. It says you can also switch on the nightstand mode while it's charging on the on the power bank. So uh, nightstand mode, I guess, means that uh, it'll charge uh, something overnight. That may charge the battery overnight. Is that it? Doesn't explain it very well, but it sort of implies that while it's charging on the power bank. Yeah, I, I guess that means the watch. Yeah, I don't know. It's not so clear that to me. Bu- that that button, uh, it does have an included cable, uh, and uh, I guess you use that cable to charge it as well as to power something else with it. USB cable. But yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's just not not clear. Well, I guess we'd have to go to some other place to get there's no no other click button to find that information on it so that's kind of the end of the suggested yeah. christmas uh, gifty sort of things uh shall we i uh, sent you a link to the one that i had or the one that i have purchased previously for my family 
And it, uh, it, similar type of thing. It's a battery that allows you to charge your watch directly on top of the battery without, uh, you know, and that's having it. A, just, a power just, disc. But then it also has a built in cable for charging your iPhone. Oh. Okay. That's a, presuming that you have an iPhone that requires a lightning cable. If you, oh. <laughs> if you don't have an i uh, uh, a lightning cable, uh, then you're well. You could still use it because it has a USB C in out, so you would just have to have a USB C to USB C connector so that you could attach an iPad or your i an iPhone 15. Right. So, so the built-in lightning connector doesn't do me a whole lot of good anymore since I don't have a lightning device that's that I carry with me. Right, but I'm not going to throw away a perfectly good battery. Plus, it has the thing to charge the phone or the watch, rather, which is handy. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, moving on to the next article, I thought that I guess we'll skip that to go to another list. But anyway, there's a couple of couple items here. One for a long, time, I don't know for how long, but we've been able to put a hard drive, external hard drive, on your phone to store stuff. <laughs> However, uh, it hadn't occurred to me that, uh, except uh, until I read it in this article, that you just power off the phone whenever you connect and disconnect the cables so that that gives you a safe transition because with a hard drive on there, you don't want to crash anything that's in transfer being transferred yeah uh, can really mess up your disc yeah you need to really be certain that you're not in the middle of copying something to or from the disc when you do that right yeah so that's the only real reason that i put this article up here is because it just hadn't occurred to me that if you're using that device that's the safe way to to do it now of course you've got to have the cables that are compatible with both ends in order to use it and of course the files uh app is the one that that allows you to transfer files back and forth from the phone to the, to the drive. So, anyway, I've, I've not tried this with my phone before because I was always kind of concerned, I guess, about mm-hmm. that, the safety with hard drives. Because uh, I've, I've blown a hard drive before and really regretted it because I lost some important stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, most of the hard drives are solid states. So you're probably not going to damage anything, but you probably you could definitely damage the data that's being written. Well, that's that's what I mean. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing about the phone too is, just because you quit the app doesn't mean that it's not still doing something in the background. It is multitasking, and unlike you know your Mac, you don't you don't necessarily have direct control over you know what's being written or what's talking to what at any given point in time. So the safest bet is shut your phone down before you disconnect. Yeah, well, on the Mac, when you do this, you you do a connect or disconnect uh, command to the mm-hmm. device. And uh, yeah, it's more explicit in terms of it's talking to yeah. the hard drive. Be sure that you've got it safely disconnected. Yeah, well, and I know because of the the uh, the high data that's required for some of the video stuff that you're able to do on the iPhone now, people who use the the iPhone as a you know video recording device, very often the first thing they do is go get a small solid state drive and attach right. it so that they can write the video directly out to the uh, externally attached device. And you certainly don't want to lose that because you corrupt a file as it's trying to wrap up writing to the file and you start unplugging things. So yeah, yeah, so. Anyway, the the next 
uh, article above that is the new Apple TV 4K with 17.2 tvOS. And uh, the, uh, the main thing is at the bottom of the article is that they're pointing out that they're making this uh, what appears to be a replacement for iTunes. Uh, so that uh, you just treat uh, storing and movie rented movies and, and music pretty much the same. It's just an entertainment device. And uh, uh, <coughs> you can switch uh, 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 I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> that thought derailed, huh? Yeah. The, um, yeah. You know, it's, Apple's been going this way for a while. They did, they've been doing it on all their devices, which is sort of getting away from the concept of iTunes as the central place you go for everything because the app was getting too large and unwieldy. And so, uh, iTunes is no longer the, you know, media central for Apple. And so they're, they, they've now, you know, started spreading things out into separate apps. And on the TV or on the TV device, they've had Apple TV Plus as an app, but then they've also had a movies app and a podcasting app and a, um, uh, you know, they've had discrete apps for some of that stuff. And now they're doing some some recollecting of things back into one place. They're finding that they like Apple TV Plus as the interface. And so they're getting rid of the movies and getting rid of the idea of a an iTunes store, and you'll just do everything through the Apple TV Plus app. Yep. So. Well said. So but it's good to see that you know we too many apps uh, uh, and an inconsistent interfaces and all that just makes things hard to use. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just going back and saying, well. Go to one spot, and then you can get to everything you want from there. Something that I do like is that they're trying to make profiles easier to use. Like, we have family profiles on our Apple TV, and uh, and it tracks via profile what you watch. Well, because it hasn't been particularly easy to switch profiles, everybody has left the profile on my profile, which means I've got a whole bunch of stuff showing up on my profile that I have never watched and will never watch. I could care less about the Kardashians and the the uh, <laughs> the people on below decks and and uh, uh, you know the, the the Real Housewives who who have restaurants and things like that. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I have family members who watch those shows, <laughs> so I would very much like them to use their own profile so that I don't have to see that stuff showing up on my up next list. You, know. you, you should be able then at some point be able to go in and edit your profile. Yeah. Or I could just change the default profile to somebody else and let them deal with it. And then I'm the one who has to switch profiles every time I use it, which my, yeah. which is basically kind of what I was thinking I might do. But if this makes switching profiles easier, you know, if like when you launch the thing, every time it pops up and says, who are you? You know, a lot of the different um, uh, streaming apps do that. When you go to, if you if you launch Amazon or you you launch Hulu, the very first thing you have to do before they even let you pick what you want to watch is say which of these you know accounts are yeah. you, so they can track who's watching what, so that when they make suggestions to you, it's based on what you watched, not what somebody in your family watched. Right. So, or you could just say turn off suggestions. <laughs> yeah, they don't let you do that, unfortunately, because that's how they 
That's their marketing. Exactly. That's, that's, that's something they don't want to do. They want, they want to give you suggestions. They don't want you to have the option to not take their suggestions. Yeah. Which is no fun. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how this plays out, this sort of new look, uh, by, by, you know, all of this functionality has been an Apple TV. I mean, there's been a side, the, there's a new sidebar that, that has, hadn't been there before. So there's a thing that pops up on the left hand side, but the, the profiles were all in the control panel, which if you pressed and held the, the home button, you would get on the top. I'm right not hearing side. you, Todd. Uh oh. Lost me. I didn't see an error, so we'll see if it was recording or not. Yeah. Uh, I but I, I didn't came see back. An, yeah, I didn't see an error pop up, but we'll see. Uh, I do have our backup recording going, so. You're still, just. Well, now I lost you, too. You're still bleeping out a little bit. Yeah, you you broke up a little bit there, too. Huh. So, I don't know. It also could be, a, you know, we're paranoid. It could just be the the regular Skype stuff that occasionally happens. But but the ability to buy a movie or rent a movie, you've you've had it in two places on the Apple TV, in the movies app and in the Apple TV app or Apple TV Plus app. And so um now they're just consolidating it into the one. Um so so we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Time will tell. I have I guess I haven't updated my uh, Apple TV thing here. The seventeen two. I don't recall having done it. it that's yeah. automatic anyway. Should should have been on. Yeah, if you don't do it right away, it'll happen within a few days usually. Um, if you don't force it to do it, so I have not done it recently. Um, I did it the last time I did it was uh, I think I went to seventeen, but I don't know if I even did seventeen one. So, well, I'm hearing hmm. funny sounds. Beep, beep, beep. Did you hear that? Nope. Oh, my TV is upgraded to 17.2, the one here in the shack off the shack out back is anyway. Oh, oh there we go. Look at that. It's got a thing down the left-hand side now. I joined the Army when I was 18. You're playing over me now. Taking out the Lord's kidnapper. Well, you're getting a lot of weird sound problems at that end that I'm not getting at this end. Did you eat all the chocolate? Yeah, I got a regular... TV program or something going on in the background. Oh, I know what it was. Never mind. Let me get out of that. What's gotten into you? Great. I don't know how to get out of it. How do I get out of it? There. Okay. Now it's quiet. I know what it was. I um I don't I don't hear it on my end because I've got the mute, it muted, but it plays into our our thing. When I went into Apple TV, it you know it automatically starts playing you a commercial for like whatever it is they wanted to play, and that's what you were listening to. Oh, okay. Some. Yeah. Does that get on the recording? I have no idea. I couldn't hear it at this end. And quite honestly, while, when you said it, I didn't look to see if it was in the audio stream. I think it might have been, you know, because I can look over and see like the um, the uh, like VU meters. Yeah. And I think it might have been going in. So we'll see. Okay. Well, I, well, maybe it had something to do with the sound dropouts, too. I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. Sure was loud. <laughs> yeah. So, let's see. What do we got left here to do? Uh, Apple to halt. We did that. Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 sales. That's gone. Yeah, so we talked the, sort of about that. So The other one is... Uh, 
Reliving my memories of Apple Vision Pro spatial video brought me to tears. Okay, well, this is just a, a doc, document by the guy who has a phone like yours, and he's recorded the stuff, but then right. he got he got to take his own recorded material with his mother on it and all that, right. and re- relive it, and it just just absolutely took his heart, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what we're all going to experience. But the thing is, we? is well, you know, I, what shocked me about this is that they're making it sound like he's reliving these memories. Well, he's only yeah. had the ability to record spatial video for six for days. <laughs> so how, how deep were these memories? You know, it's not like, I mean, unless his mother passed away on Tuesday, you know, yeah. I mean. Well, you I know. know, but I know, but it's, it's a different experience when you see uh, your own relatives in the, uh, in very lifelike situations, yeah, the 3D uh, kind of thing we've had, that we that we haven't had yet, right? You know, compared to yeah. what this is all about. So this this is as close to bringing somebody back to life as you can have, except you can't go back and have an interchange, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you can be an observer of that, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so we need somebody with an iPhone 15 to record spatial video of like Christmas, everybody opening gifts and sitting around together talking. So that hey, then, that would be a good one. Yeah. So that somebody then, when they have the spatial video playback capability later, will be able to go like, "Wow, that's so cool." Yeah. Well, I don't know anyone around here who's got the 15 yeah. Pro Plus. I, yeah, I say I've got one, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be visiting you for Christmas. Yeah. So, at least that's anyway, not the plan. Yeah. Anyhow, mom was talk. We were talking to my sister, I guess, yes, day before yesterday, and she says this is my Christmas call, and uh, so it was kind of the first jarring thing. It says, "Oh yeah, Christmas is coming close," and Sue was yeah. going over all the visitors we've had, and one a month. You know, it's been since July or August. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, and we won't leave family. you alone. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's it's really been great. I've, I've you know we've never experienced that uh, sequence, a continuing sequence of things. Right. And and Reagan's coming back in February, so you know. Uh huh. Anyway, in in. Uh, uh, cool. So I, it's yeah, just, it's just been really great. That's all yeah, yeah. Well, I know you guys spent you know a big chunk of your retirement traveling around visiting everybody you knew. Uh, and making new friends along the way, and now now they're visiting you. So, <laughs> yep, it's payback time. Yep. Uh, yep. I know. I enjoyed my trip out there. Anyway, uh, so China is is. Um, it seems like individually within within different sections of the Chinese government, more and more Chinese government officials are being told, don't bring an iPhone into work via a domestically made device. Yes, they're going to consume Apple. It's just a matter of how fast. So what do you mean by consume Apple? Because that sounds like they're buying Apple out, and that is not their intent, I don't think. No, but their <laughs> their, their intent is to have their own products uh, basically pilfered from Apple as long as Apple uh, 
Well, that, that's in Taiwan, though, isn't it? That, that, I, I don't TSM, know how much. TSMC is the company. It's a Taiwanese-based company, but they then run manufacturing in mainland China. So yeah. most of the phones are being, most of the Apple phones are being built in mainland China. They do have production facilities in India, and they are opening more production facilities other places to diversify. But the bulk of what they sell is still being sold in China. Or yeah. are being made in China, rather. But it looks like they're taking gov- segments of government or, or their population and at, uh, at a time, and maybe it's the it's always the people at the bottom who get the least, right, or get privileges removed, and so they're they're just saying you're not going to use iPhones anymore. So the yeah. sales, I don't know what percentage of sales went to China. Right. But yeah. Well, Apple is still selling a lot in China. I think what their what their um, what the the thought process is that if you work within the government in China, that we don't trust that you that you you know Apple. Either, one of two things. I think either they don't trust Apple, or they don't like the fact that Apple has worked to create a more secure device. And they want to track their their people and their employees in the government, and so that one's probably the more likely the case. And so they're saying you have to use domestically made phones because we can track you using those, whereas we can't track you with the Apple phones. And we want to know who you're talking to and what you're saying to people. Yeah, that, that's that's a likely thing, but it also allows them to when they negotiate with Apple to say, hey, you know. You're dropping you're, at any point. If Apple were to drop production or it doesn't grow at their expected pace, uh, then they'll have a comeback. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, which it's no different than the United States has said we don't want you using Huawei phones, which are, yeah. um, you know, deemed to be untrustworthy phones <laughs> in government yeah. situations. And, you know, but as as long as they can continue to learn and and steal. Uh, uh, stuff from Apple, information and knowledge, you know, then, uh, it'll, the, you know, that'll drive their uh, need to care whether Apple ma- manufactures stuff over there. Yeah. Well, just like Apple is working to to extricate themselves from full, total dependence on China for manufacturing, China is working to to get as much information and knowledge as they can from producing phones from for Apple to use in producing phones domestically, whether it be, you know, Huawei or one of their other brands. I mean, there's lots of manufacturers in China that we don't, that aren't even sold outside of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's uh, uh, going to be an interesting situation to watch in the future. Yeah. Because I think it's no honestly no big surprise though like I said it's it's very no. similar to the US saying the same thing about we don't want you know Japanese owned and run phone companies in in our government and military either you know Yeah yeah So uh another uh the other next topic above that is it's titled China now controls the entire future of of electric vehicles. Yeah. Now, this was a video that you sent from YouTube, and although I watched a couple of the videos, I had not watched this one, so you'll need to talk about it a little bit. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, Tesla rate of growth uh, is just being over. 
overwhelmed by, I think it's, it starts with B, BDW or whatever it is, is the car that's, that's made over uh, in China. And they own the entire line of, of products that go to make up that car. You know, all the contents and everything else that are manufactured by the car company. Unlike uh, uh, Musk, who depends still heavily on China for batteries. And m- most of the cars are battery, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that growth rate is what's the killer. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. It's an order of magnitude. Mm-hmm. So they've passed uh, Tesla uh, significantly in China and uh, are ahead of them in terms of total total production right now. And, and at the rate that they got there was a matter of two years, I think. Yeah. So it is really scary when you look at it. They are going to be so dominant. They're selling their cars everywhere, and they're making them like grease lightning. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a growth rate for such a major product, you know, but they've copied all of Musk's ways of manufacturing and everything else. You know, they take the best of it all and, and, uh, and yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't the, have, he doesn't own the copyright on how to build a car. He that's took, right. he took the best ways that Detroit created. And so, you know, and, or, or Toyota created. And, you know, I mean, the, how to do things is not a, is not a, a, a sales advantage very long in any, right. in any business. But, but the key is China has a lot of the raw materials that, right. Uh, they're now being discovered elsewhere, but it takes a while to get those up and produce, produce. Into production, right? Uh, well, and, and uh, places don't necessarily want to do it the way China's doing it because China is like the world's largest polluter because yeah. th- they don't care. And so, you know, pulling lithium out of the ground is a really, really dirty refining type of job to do. Uh, yeah. And you know, a lot of places are saying, "No, we, we we're not going to either. We won't do it, or we if we do it, we're going to do it in a much more restrictive way." Then China does it, which means the price of lithium is significantly higher. You can't compete on price if you if you hold yourself to different standards. Yeah, and anyway, maybe it's because uh, most of the other competing manufacturers have seen this kind of data that in the last uh, two months, I'd say, we've had so many uh, people that were thinking they were going to build EVs and and invested a lot of money in the manufacture, have in fact shut down plants and laid off workers and lots of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole uh, business of EVs may come down to this manufacturer in China and maybe one other, which would be Tesla, because most people on this side of the, the world aren't going to buy the Chinese products, I don't think. Well, that was what we said about Japanese cars for a long time, too. Yeah, yeah. So it just depends on the price. Yeah, the price and the quality of the product, right? Right. I mean, Japanese quality surpassed GM at some point, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, this was a... a, a I say GM. I meant Detroit, meaning the big three, not just GM, but... Right. But anyway, yeah. this was jarring just because of the 
the rate of growth, yeah. how quickly this happened. Well, and it sounds like they're a vertically integrated company, sort of like Apple is trying to be, right? Exactly. And so it's tough to beat a juggernaut that controls their own destiny when you still are dependent on external sources. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Now, uh, well, let's go on from there. That said, I don't know that Apple has any battery manufacturing, so they're still reliant on somebody for their batteries, too. Yeah. And to a great extent, lithium still. Yeah. So, I mean, there's other batteries out there that people are working on, but I don't know if they're in production. Yeah. Did you read the article I sent you that says Crossroads Today on it? Uh, let's see. What was that about these? It was Last. a, it was a, uh, a, a energy storage system that we had, we had read, we've read about them several times. This one is basically, um, it creating a thermal battery by heating up, uh, uh, rocks essentially, but they're graphite, you know, refined graphite rocks, basically. They're, they're kind of like bricks more than anything else, but they, they heat them up and they retain their heat. They're heating them up to over 1600 degrees Celsius. Um, that's like 3000 degrees Fahrenheit. And, and they retain their heat. Uh, you know, it's hotter than the point of melting steel, but yeah. by retaining that heat, they can then use that energy overnight. So they heat them up, uh, during the day with solar and then, and then they use the heat energy overnight to continue to generate, uh, steam for electricity. And this is a working plant that's in Fresno, California. It's not a, hey, maybe we could try this. They're doing it. Yeah, so I look at it as a battery for uh, generation systems. Yeah. Because they... They, you have to level out the use. Right. Yeah. You know, it's the thing you and I have talked about in the past. The problem with solar and with wind is that wind can die down and the sun sets every day. And so yep. this is a way to extend that and say, hey, you know, during the day, energy that we're not using will go into heating up this, these, these, these graphite bricks. And then overnight, we'll use that heat to then generate, uh, you know, the, the steam that we need to continue to create electricity that we can then send out to homes. Yeah. And, uh, well, and it's a functioning working plant. Yeah. And they do this above ground. It's not yeah. Digging holes. Yeah. Well, remember we read something too a while back about, I think it was like, I want to say Norway or Finland had a sand battery that they did the same way. And that was also a working yeah. plant where they were right. heating up. Uh, what looked like a, a grain silo almost full of sand and that that heat that was stored there, then they would use to provide energy overnight. Well, well, whatever you use as a storage media, it just comes down to how efficiently you can go do that conversion process, both from right. uh, electricity to that, whatever it is, and then back. Yeah. So. Yeah. They said they're experimenting with different kinds of rocks in insulated boxes or even molten salt in cylinders yeah. to find whatever they th- – they're trying to, like you said, find the most efficient combination, right? What What's the uh, thing that heats up the best, retains the heat the longest, and then transfers the heat back into to whatever it is you need, whether it be creating steam or, or you know, however you're going to generate your um, – your electricity right. back off of that because let's face it the energy we, we use the word energy but what we're really talking about is electrical energy for all these things right you know um well you know. just like just like oil that, that's energy too it's yeah just a, just a different media yeah you know i mean we had talked about the idea of like pumping water up a hill and then let the water flow back down overnight you know to, to drive yeah. generators obviously 
this is what people tend to think is more uh, efficient because this is what everybody's doing. They're not, you know, pumping water up there. You know, I, I guess it also depends on where you live, right? If you if you have a place that's geographically got, got some altitude that you can use, that that maybe makes more sense. But but again, it just comes down to doing the efficiency math, right? You know, what what, what uh, how much energy does it you do you use to to charge it up? How much energy do you lose by then? you know, trying to use that stored energy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting because it was not just a idea, but one that's actually being used right now. And, and they're still experimenting to find out, well, what's the best material to store this energy in? I think this experimenting is a continuing thing. It's going to always continue until it, uh, you know, the guys who get beat out in, by the new, the latest and greatest is, you know, it'll, it'll evolve, and we, you know, whatever they spend, invest in in some of these things, uh, they'll use it until it wears out or dies. If it's not as as good as the, something that came along later, you know. Sure, sure, so, yeah, uh, yeah. They'll they'll keep. You know, the nice thing about uh, the the idea of doing a, a heat battery is that the the material that you're using to store your heat in is not that hard to swap out, you know? Yeah. Well, and you can even bring it back out as heat because heat is a, is a pretty easy thing to convert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and people need heat sometimes, you know, so, so you don't even have to convert it directly using heat is not a bad, bad thing either. You know, again, depends on the distance for transmission and that kind of stuff. Right. But, but, uh, you know, heat pipes through the ground are pretty well insulated. So. Yeah. And in fact, there's, uh, another article that I read that I didn't put up here that I, I thought was interesting. And that is that it was kind of a vision of the future and how just about everything we have is a storage, uh, electrical storage of something, something or other. And, and that even, especially the electric vehicles that we already have, have big batteries in them. Mm-hmm. And so that will be your automatic backup storage for, for electricity in your house at night when you plug it in, you know. Mm-hmm. It will be an automatic switch to, uh, uh, well, in fact, that list leads, leads right into this next article, yeah. which is. That was one of a, the options in the, in the, um, in the, on the Ford Lightning trucks. Yeah. Is that, you know, if you buy the home charger through Ford, that there's yeah. a switch that says if the, if the charging, if the power at the charging end goes down, you can reverse that flow and use the, 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 the battery in the truck to provide power to the house. Yeah. And it seems to me like that's a no brainer. You should, that should be an option. That shouldn't be an option. It should just be built in. Yeah. Well, except that I don't think they're selling too many of those electric trucks anymore. Yeah. Well, that particular was weird that they chose to do the truck as one. Like I, you know, they did that the the Mustang, you know, E E Mustang Mach E or whatever they called it uh, yeah. first. But then the truck was the next thing they did, and I realized the truck's their big seller. But that market is probably <clears throat> the least open to <laughs> to being it, electric. It is. You know. Yes. So yeah. I, I I think that they should have done something that would have been a direct competitor to like the uh, the Toyota Prius, except that right. except that they don't sell anything like that anymore because Apple got, or Apple Ford got rid of all their their cars essentially other than the Mustang, all they sell yeah. is SUVs and trucks. Yeah. So, so. but you know, it, it, anyway, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that bothered me a lot is if you're in an electric uh, vehicle. 
and you run out of electricity before you get to the charging station, the only thing you can do is you've got to have some kind of electric power. It's, mm-hmm. it's like instead of bringing gas cans, you've got to bring a big battery out there and charge the car remotely. Yeah. So remote power or mobile power, something that you can bring along, is is a really good thing. And so I saw this. Uh, it's it's uh, called uh, Anchor. Well, S-Q-L-I-X. Solix. I don't Solix. think it's a Q. It's S-O. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's a, it's a portable station with little rollers on the bottom, and it's got a lot of flexibility as to how you use it. So instead of uh, hanging a uh, power on a wall like Tesla is doing, you know, they, they basically say build it into your house. But it might be better if you could just sit it there on the side and... and uh, then it becomes, if you have two vehicles, you can haul this thing out to rescue somebody who's who needs power along the road, you know? Yeah. And I, could, I can see businesses having a whole bunch of these things and put them in the back of a pickup and go out and rescue cars that didn't make it to the chargers, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, or uh, you just decide that, you know, I'm gonna, I want to go further, so if you've got a big enough one of these, throw it in your trunk. And so instead of stopping as often at a power stop, you uh, it's like having a bigger gas tank. You know, you, yeah. you can go, you can you can charge it <clears throat> possibly uh, while you're on the way. Mm-hmm. You know, now the car will have to be configured to allow that to happen. I don't know if you could charge it to a Tesla while you're driving it or not. <clears throat> but there, if if you put this in your trunk, it'd be nice if you had a plug to plug it in. To the car, so it just extended the battery into yeah. the car. Well, I think some of them do what, uh, you know, Tesla, I believe, has a limpone mode, which basically says if you drive it till it says it's empty, it's not really empty. But when you do that in limpone mode, you can only go like 35 miles an hour. So you have to get off the freeway and it'll tell you where the closest charging station is and, and you can still drive slowly there. Um, and it's designed exactly for that, which is to say, you don't get stranded somewhere. <laughs> We're going to shut you down, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and you, you, you know, use that energy, the most efficient thing way we can to get, get you, to oh. get you to a charger. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, uh, electronic vehicles have sort of the equivalent of that. Um, you know, which could be a little disconcerting if you're zipping down the highway, I suppose, but I'm sure it, you know, alarms go off and tell you like, Hey, <laughs> you know, pull over, Get off the freeway now. Here's your nearest charger. Go. Uh, yeah. You know, we think we can make it, <laughs> you know, because yeah. uh, I can't imagine somebody's going to drive around with one of these, you know, big chunky batteries in the back in their trunk as a backup very much. You know, what I think they might do is you might find out that the guy uh, at uh, AAA who you would call to tow you or to come give you a uh, a gallon of gas or replace your battery because AAA does all those things, uh, yeah. might also have a, a big battery in his truck now or a generator that he can, you know, get some power and juice you up a little bit to get you on to where you need to go. Right. Yeah. So the question is, is the value of this more or less than a generator? You know, and I guess if you want to be really electric and, pre- and pretend like you're not creating any pollution with your electricity, which is a probably a falsehood, uh, then you would want the electricity. But a generator would work well, just as well for portable power. 
Yeah, uh, except that if you where, where you have a generator uh, like we had on our RV, you know, uh, you got to be careful. Keep the windows closed so you don't have to breathe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want the fumes blowing back fumes up into your. So it, yeah. it has some some downsides to it. You know. Yeah. yeah. And the noise. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I have in the past, I mean, we don't get it that often, but occasionally we have power outages here, and, and I, I've thought, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a small generator just so, you know, keep the fridge running and, or you know, maybe run an air conditioner in one room if it's really, really hot in the summer, you know, because we get up over 100 here, and, and uh, you know, your house heats up pretty quick. But uh, I've wondered about, and I haven't done enough math to see if one of these makes more sense. I can tell you right now, uh, that these big battery packs are significantly more expensive than uh, a generator, oh, for yeah. the, you know, for equal amount of, of like actual power that comes out. Yeah. These yeah. are not cheap. Yeah, I'm sure they're not. And, uh, uh, but as time goes on, you know, they do show it. It's got the jacks and all for, there's a uh, one for a, a 240 amp appliance as well mm-hmm. as for you know a, a, a hard a large amperage 110 yeah uh, so and and then there are also USB plugs all you know on the device so that you can use that device for in multiple ways simultaneously you know yeah so it, it's a, it's interesting thing to look about it's just mm-hmm. a new a new way of doing it and as you said, it's more costly than the generator approach, but uh, you know that's the way we're headed. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we've kind of got to the end of the articles that we had for. It's funny all these these anchor batteries. If you go to their website, a whole bunch of their solutions. That it shows the battery being used with is people camping. It's like, yeah, don't don't pee without power when you're camping. You know? <laughs> don't don't actually rough it. You know, string. Yeah. And they show a guy sitting in front of like an airstream with like a string of lights above them and an electric coffee pot. And uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's roughing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. camping wasn't meant to be roughing it oh, anymore. Oh, I see. Okay. They've got it under. They've got a section that says power for anytime, anywhere, and then it's, it defaults to RVs. It then has rec- recreation, which is more camping, and then it has home backup. Okay, so like power outages for homes. So that okay. So they they've got and professional. You know, in your shop, if you're working and and you lose power, you know that's costing you money. So yep. So hmm. so anyway, there's plenty of applications uh, to go around. So. It's just a matter of how do we do it and what's the yeah. most cost effective. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say cost, you've got to think of all the costs, right? Not just the yeah. the the initial, you know, use, but the uh, the cost up front and then the long-term costs and what makes sense. Yeah. So I will say that Anchor sells a lot of these with, um, with solar panels, too. So you can set out the panels and, and charge up the battery. Uh, oh, Oh, that that was a part of the one of the options for purchasing these things. Yeah, yeah. So he, he it's all demonstrated in the video. It's uh, basically the best EV accessories. Yeah. Uh, in on YouTube video, so just look look for that. Yeah. 
And uh, anyway, uh, just a, another way to look at the world and what the options are. And uh, yep. I've already experienced them to, to the extent that I've had an RV for 11 years. And, yeah, well, you, you were living sort of off the grid, so. Right. You know. And, and I, I sometimes uh, worry about that a little bit, but I'm real close to uh, a, a nuclear power plant, so the chances of me losing electricity are real low. Mm-hmm. Although we have had minor dropouts. But yeah, not, well, transmission systems are always affected by things like weather and storms and things like that. So, you know, snow yeah. takes down lines or, you know, flooding takes out lines. And so, you know, that's going to happen no matter where you live. Yep. So. There's less of it, though, in the south. So, know, yeah, yeah. The further, the, yeah, the, the further south and the further west where you get drier, you get less weather that's likely to do those kinds of things. And, and uh um, you know, mm-hmm. what the heck was that? That was my stomach growling. <laughs> it sounded like the mic was in your stomach. I swear that was loud. Holy moly. Yeah. It sounded like a wild animal in your room. That's right. <laughs> Sitting here right by this big microphone to listen yeah, to. Yeah, holy I, moly, that was funny. Oh man! I not only heard it, I felt it. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, if somebody turns up the bass on their uh, while they're listening, they'll probably feel it too. Boy, that thing rumbled. <laughs> that was like an earthquake rumbling through. Yeah. So, anyway, we've kind of talked through all the stuff we were going to talk about, right? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I do have a question. We did. There was one more uh, video you sent me, and I watched it, and it was talking about bladeless terms, uh, turbines, something that was designed oh, yes. originally by Nikola's Tesla. And I didn't think the video was particularly good because it kind of showed what they were, but didn't really explain why you would be interested in that. Is there an efficiency savings or anything? It essentially was just like a bunch of disks squished together as opposed yeah. to something that had turbine blades. Is yeah, it just it, it just used the friction of the discs right. to to uh, it, what, the, gather the well the air. All it was comparing this disc device uh, versus fans, which of course just have a few blades, but they're all tipped so they gather the wind. And it was showing that if you could run wind through this thing, that uh, I think it was actually more uh, efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you've got a lot of blades, and in order to get that air through, there'll be a pretty significant back pressure. Now, we don't have any dimensions on this article, you know, so that you know how to, you know, what was really being compared. It wasn't too scientific in that yeah. sense. I, I can't even find the dang article. Yeah. Well, but, it was the next, it was the video right above the power, uh, uh, battery the power storage thing but oh, well. the uh if you go to wikipedia you can look up tesla turbine it was his 100th patent filed in october of of 1913 and nozzles apply moving fluid to the edges of a set of discs and then the discs uh rotate in a chamber to generate rotational movement Due to the exchange of momentum between the fluid and the discs, the discs are arranged in orientation similar to a stack of CDs on a pole. Uh, it uses the boundary layer effect instead of a method employed by more conventional turbines wherein a fluid acts on blades. The Tesla turbine is referred to as the bladeless turbine. 
One of his implementations was the generation of geothermal power, which he describes in his work, Our Future Motive Power. Well, yeah, somebody in the comments even asks the same question you did. It'd be interesting to see how efficiency compares with a similar output uh, yeah. Parsons turbine there. So here it says, in Tesla's time, the the efficiency of conventional turbines was low because the turbines used a direct drive system that severely limited the potential potential usable output speed of the turbine. At the time of introduction, modern ship turbines were massive and included dozens or even hundreds of stages of turbines, yet produced extremely low efficiency due to their low speed. So, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. There's lots of turbines to compare it to. Absolutely. So what they're saying is traditional turbines became much more efficient because uh, – I'll I'll, I'll tell you what. I think I know an application of this that's already in use. And it it may not be today, but it was in automatic transmissions. And we're uh talking about the fluid being uh, uh, transmission fluid of some viscosity that that went through a bunch of – Discs. Ah, okay. yeah. They, so those uh, the continuously variable transmissions, the CVT yeah. transmissions, use uh, something like yeah, this. Well, that makes sense. What? 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 We, when I was a kid, we used to call them slushomatics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you you know you you rev the engine so it's going faster, so it's forcing the uh, the uh, output to speed up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, it's got to go through this space. Uh, yeah, and it's the thing to turn. So, uh, I, I believe transmissions to some effect. I think in in this video it was talking more about an air right of turbine. Well, and this says Tesla's turbine doesn't use friction in the conventional sense; rather, it uses adhesion and viscosity instead, and uses yeah. and then it has sort of a boundary layer effect on the blades. So, yeah. So, I mean, eh, you know. It, it was more efficient than the the traditional turbines at the time, but traditional turbines have significantly improved over time. So it maybe has some specific uses where it makes sense, but not necessarily in everything. Right. So, right. like a lot of things, get the right tool for the job, right? Yeah. I, I, because I thought of the transmissions uh, in a car as being uh, uh, a fluid rather than than air. Uh, I, I believe that was the primary way of, of really getting value out of that type of a design. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, I, I I don't know what the basic factors are in the efficiency for something like that, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess it's just energy transfer, right? Yeah, well, the the yeah, exactly. the The Wikipedia page kind of walks you through some of it, at least at a you know. Uh, overview level i don't think it doesn't go into a lot of detail but it does talk about what it is and does some some uh comparisons between traditional bladed turbines and tesla's turbines and and their efficiencies so i i do see um, some more youtube videos over here one of them called tesla turbine boat so there's obviously yeah. propelling water right well and yeah. that was one of the things that he originally had said it was designed for was um a lot of the ship's turbines um, that were used were pretty inefficient. 
the uh, Olympic and the Titanic, which sister ships and everybody knows the Titanic. They don't necessarily know the Olympic. But the turbines themselves weighed over 400 tons and ran at only 165 RPM. And the steam pressure was only 6 PSI. Uh, and so it was pretty wasteful in terms of, of getting them to go. But they were big turbine steam engines that then you know, drove the ship. And, uh, and so the Tesla turbine could run on higher temperature gases, uh, than the bladed turbines at the times could. And therefore it was, uh, also of greater efficiency. So, yep. Well, and how big to make the turbine, you know, the terms of, I'm talking diameter. uh, Right. Now it makes a big difference too, as to what, sure. how, How, how well that works. So I, I'm sure that it's a interesting formula about viscosity of uh, both the fluid and the uh, surface material, as well as the uh, uh, the size, the volume of fluid that you flow through it. Uh, so anyway, I have to get some textbooks out and see what the formulas look like to say anything about efficiency, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, cl- clearly the people who design things for like, sh- you know, ship engines and stuff, you know, they do all the math and say, we're going to use whatever works best. Um, you know, so, I mean, if there was a bunch of Tesla uh, turbine ships out there, then they would be using them, you know. I mean, are they, they would be using them for a reason. So. Yeah, yeah. Anything that costs a lot of money, you you try to get the most for your buck. Right, yeah. Well, and the other thing with ships is longevity, too. What's the lifespan of these things? Because, you know, they don't want to be, you know, in dry dock rebuilding the the engines on the ships regularly. That's for sure. So. Anyway, I think we've had a variety of interesting technologies to talk about this morning. We did, yeah, for for uh, the holiday season. Briefly, let's talk about the holiday season. A week from today is Christmas, and a week from then is New Year's. So we obviously will probably, oh, I shouldn't say obviously, because then I followed it with probably. In all likelihood, we're not going to be recording next Monday on Christmas Day. Um, and uh, in also likelihood, we probably won't be recording on uh, New Year's Day, but, uh, we might want to plan to schedule something later in the week. So, uh, we may have shows in the next week or two. We may not. For those of you listening, uh-huh. we'll work that out offline, but, uh, keep your ears tuned. Check your podcast players. Uh, we'll hopefully have some new episodes. Okay. Enjoy today, Todd. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate your listening to Generation Check. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.